0: Audio Studios podcasts radio news
1: good morning I'm Nathan Hager
0: and I'm Amy Morris here are the stories we're following today.
1: Wall Street's going to close out the trading week following a powerful rally that has seen all three major indexes in this country close at all-time highs. It is an artificial intelligence-fueled rally, as chip-darling NVIDIA added $277 billion to its market value on Thursday. That is the most in stock market history. Cole Smead, portfolio manager at Smead Capital Management, warns, though, that this rally may be overdone. There's a lot of risk out there. Um, if you took the old tech, right, you took consumer discretion, you pulled out the tech companies there and communication
0: services, you pulled out the tech companies there, and you put back the old tech together. This is way worse than the
1: dot-com bubble. That was 28% of the S&P. This is 45 Investor Cole Smead notes the S&P 500 registered its 12th record close of the year, putting it up nearly 24% since late October.
0: The huge rally in NVIDIA shares has catapulted Chief Executive Officer Jensen Huang to new heights. He is on the verge of becoming one of the 20 richest people in the world. Huang's wealth jumped $9.6 to more than $69 billion yesterday. It's a gain that leapfrogged him ahead of Charles Koch to 21st place on the Bloomberg Billionaires Index.
1: Well, Amy, the rally in equity markets comes despite more Fed officials preaching patience when it comes to rate cuts. Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker says now is not the appropriate time to cut.
2: Yes, I do believe that we may be in a
3: position to see rates decrease this year. But I would caution anyone from looking for it right now and right away. We have time to get it right, as we must.
1: Now, Philadelphia Fed Chief Patrick Harker does not vote on monetary policy this year, but Fed Vice Chair Philip Jefferson and Governor Lisa Cook are also saying they want more evidence that inflation's headed back to the 2% target before lowering borrowing costs.
0: Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers is warning that financial markets are underestimating the risks of political and social turmoil around the world. He says many aren't taking populist policies and their downsides seriously
4: nationalist populist policy, both at home in terms of the rule of law, internationally in terms of protectionism and restrictions on flows of goods, flows of capital, flows of people. But they are very real risks, and they seem to me to be insufficiently priced in.
0: Summer, who is a paid contributor to Bloomberg TV, has called the coming U.S. election the most consequential vote since World War II.
1: Well, mean, we're learning more this morning about that widespread service outage that affected tens of thousands of AT&T customers. The wireless carrier now says it was caused by its network improvement
3: efforts. We get the details now from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. AT&T is now saying that the outage was caused by work being done to expand the network coverage. It says incorrect processes were followed. It says not a cyber attack. Already in process, though, investigations by a number of federal agencies, Hennessey spokesman John Kirby.
0: DHS and the FBI are looking into this as well, working with the tech industry, these network providers.
3: Tracking service website Down Detector says more than one and a half million outage reports were made.
4: Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio.
0: All right. Thank you, Ed. Meanwhile, the private space race has
4: reached a new milestone. Today, for the first time in more than a half century, the U.S. has returned to the moon. Today, for the first time in the history of humanity, a commercial company, an American company, launched and led the voyage up there. That was
0: NASA Administrator Bill Nelson after the lunar lander, owned by intuitive machines, touched down on the lunar surface. Former NASA astrobiologist Keith Cohen says the lander, nicknamed Odysseus, still has a lot to tell us.
1: The most exciting thing will be the images of either the landing or from the lander. That's always the eye candy. That's because it's like universal. People say, yeah, oh, look at that. Yeah. Second of all, um, the importance of it will be the ability of it to survey the area around it and understand, you know, again, water and the regolith, other things like that.
0: Former NASA employee Keith Cohen says Odysseus will need to tick off all the boxes before lunar landers send astronauts back to the moon. Intuitive Machines' stock is off like a rocket. After that landing, it's up more than 46 percent in early trading.
1: All right, let's turn to geopolitics now, Amy. Tomorrow marks two years since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Today, the Biden administration will announce its biggest sanctions package yet against Vladimir Putin's war machine. The Treasury Department says more than 500 people and entities will be on the sanctions list. President Biden met yesterday with the widow and daughter of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny.
2: As you state the obvious, he was a man of incredible courage. And it's amazing how his wife and daughter... are emulating that.
1: And the president spoke after that meeting in San Francisco. Today, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is leading a delegation to Ukraine. He wants to reassure President Vladimir Zelensky more U.S. aid is coming. That $60 billion package remains stalled on Capitol Hill.
0: And turning back to the markets now, Reddit filed for an initial public offering revealing the social media platform's shrinking losses and helping to propel a resurgence in U.S. listings. The San Francisco-based company in what is set to be one of the biggest listings of the year filed with the SEC more than two years after first submitting its plan confidentially.
1: In Asia, China's home prices declined at a slower pace for both new and existing units. Last month, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more on that from Hong Kong.
5: It's the first sign of improvement in 10 months. New home prices in 70 cities dropped 0.37% last month from December. It was slightly better than a drop then of 0.45%. The second ad market also improved, with price declines narrowing to 0.68%. No one's breaking out the champagne here, but it may mean the worst is over in China's property crisis. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Radio.
1: Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. And for that, we are joined by
3: Bloomberg's Michael Barr. We made it to Friday, Michael. Hooray. Thank you, Nathan. New York State's Attorney General says she is exploring all options against the Long Island County's executive order, banning transgender athletes from competing in women's and girls' sports in county facilities. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman announced the new ban, saying it will take effect immediately.
4: If a league or team
1: identifies themselves or advertises themselves
4: to be a girls or women's league or team, then biological males should not be competing in those
3: leagues. Blakeman called it a form of bullying from people born as biological males, though he did not provide examples of it in Nassau County. Meanwhile, protesters demonstrated outside the county office building. They slammed the Nassau Republicans' action as illegal and discriminatory. Katie Hawkland is with the Long Island Progressive Coalition.
0: I am floored and horrified by this executive
3: order. Protesters also accuse the county executive of playing politics with the lives of vulnerable transgender kids. The judge who has been presiding over Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial is denying the former president's request for a month-long delay of the penalty the judge set last week. Judge Arthur Engoron already ruled that Trump committed fraud and ordered him to pay $355 million plus interest. Now, Judge faces flat, now flatly rejects Trump's request for delay of that judgment, and Gorin told Trump's lawyers that they have failed to explain, much less justify, any basis for stay. The former president now has just 30 days to pay the fine in cash or to post a bond for the full amount in order to appeal the ruling. Meanwhile, Trump's legal team has filed multiple motions urging a Florida judge to dismiss the criminal case charging him with illegally retaining classified documents. They claim in part that presidential immunity protects him from prosecution. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bryan gave an angry response to Maricopa Attorney Rachel Mitchell's decision not to extradite murder suspect Rod Almansuri to New York from Arizona. Almansuri is being held in Arizona in connection with two stabbings, but is also wanted in New York for the murder of a woman in Soho in a hotel. District Attorney Mitchell said in a press conference yesterday that she does not want to hand Almansuri over to New York, where she She says he could be released pending trial. Bragg hit back Thursday saying suspected killers are kept in custody.
4: I do not know what they do in Arizona, but I know that here in this county, New York County, we routinely seek and get remands, which means the person's in custody, in our murder cases.
3: Global News 24 hours a day, whenever you want it, with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Michael, thank you.
1: Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State. Audi. here's John Staschow.
2: Thanks, Nathan. Good night for the inhabitants of Madison Square Garden. Road win to the Knicks and Rangers. Knicks in Philadelphia, 110-96. They led by 26, saw the lead get cut to seven, but they held on to end a four-game losing streak. The new Nick Boyan Bogdanovich, took six three-point shots and made them all. 18 points for both Josh Hart and Precious Achua. They combined for 23 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey led Philly with 35. Sixers are struggling without Joel Embiid. They've lost 10 of the last 13 big game tomorrow night at the guard of the knicks and the league leading celtics who won in chicago 129 to 112 boston is 44 and 12 nets got blown out in toronto lost by 28 wizards lost by 20 in denver the warriors beat the lakers who played without lebron james as for the rangers Make it nine wins in a row. Five to one at New Jersey. Pair of goals for Alexei Lafreniere. Three assists for Artemi Panera. He's got 46 on the season. 39 saves for Igor and He also assisted on a Ranger goal. If they win tomorrow afternoon in Philly, The Rangers will have tied the club record for longest winning streak ever. Islanders got shut out in St. Louis. The Bruins lost in overtime at Calgary. The Capitals won at Tampa Bay. Yankees had a busy offseason, bringing in Juan Soto, Alex Verdugo, Marcus Stroman. They may not be done. Said to be talking to the still unsigned free agent pitcher Blake Snell. The Yankee owner is Hal Steinbrenner.
4: I'm not going to get into free agents. I'm just going to tell you that we continue to look at a lot of different options. Um, and, you know, given where we are payroll-wise, any addition to the club is going to be a costly one, but I'm still willing to consider anything that comes my way,
2: anything Cash and his team brings my way. If the Yanks were to join Snell with Garrett Cole, they will have both the Cy Young winners from last season. The Mets will start the season with Kodai Senga on the injured list. He would have been the likely opening day pitcher. Shortstop Tim Anderson signed with Miami. Ex-Yankee G.R. Shella signed with Detroit. The Pirates extended ace pitcher Mitch Keller.
5: Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.
1: we're well, we going to get right back to this market now. We're going to be ending the week at all-time highs for the S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ on the back of that Magnificent outlook we got earlier this week from NVIDIA. How much further can this renewed AI bull run? Let's bring in Daniel Morris for some analysis, Chief Market Strategist at BNP Paribas. Daniel, thank you for being with us. We're watching a little bit of a pullback from the uh, big-time rally that we saw yesterday. When you have the S&P at end-of-year price targets for many analysts already, I guess the question's got to be asked, is this an overshoot?
4: Uh, Well, I don't think anyone would uh, dare to say they can accurately estimate whether it is. I mean, we we know we're at such a nascent stage even now with AI trying to predict what the implications are going to be for corporate profits. uh, I don't know if it really is, is not to say worth the effort, but uh, I think we need to think about the long-term potential here, which is what the market's pricing in. I mean, go back to when the internet first became uh, ubiquitous in the world. I mean, most economists estimate it took a decade for companies really to be able to leverage that. So we're just at the beginning. Uh, It may, in retrospect, turn out that these estimates were too high, who knows? But for now, I don't think that's what the market is thinking about.
1: Well, we are really getting into this debate though, aren't we, about what the differences are between the the dot-com rally from the late 90s and this AI rally that we're seeing now. What kind of differences do you see? Is this different from what we saw back in the 90s?
4: Um, but certainly, I think in some important ways. I mean, hopefully, uh, investors did learn lessons, uh, from the dot com bubble and, and looking at revenues as opposed to sales, et cetera. But that it, it certainly doesn't seem to be a worry here. I think in, you know, companies that are reporting are reporting real numbers. Uh, so that profitability is there, uh, and clearly is rising. I think that the challenge is going to be, and I think perhaps what we need to think about is perhaps to look beyond, uh, as everyone discusses, Magnificent Seven or or even the tech sector, because arguably, in the long run, the impact of AI may well be felt more in non-technology sectors as it gives um, industrial companies and so on, discretionary staple companies the ability uh, to increase their profitability, increase their sales without necessarily having to rely on what we know is a constrained labor market.
1: That's a really long term view, isn't it? But is there a way that we can see this rally that we're under now uh, start to get more breadth? And what would that look like?
4: Well, if we want to think about breadth, we need to go back to what the outlook is for the, for the Fed, because behind all of this growth, not just in corporate profits, but the US in general, you know is a worry about the outlook for inflation and then the response from the Fed. So, One of the key things over the last month or so, uh, as the market has taken out the cuts that they had put in for the Fed this year, the markets really have just shrugged that off because, on the other hand, the growth outlook has been so good you know, at this point, we've got through the earnings season. That was great. We're going to be looking perhaps for new indicators on the growth side, whereas what we may see is more worries, again, about inflation. So I think what we need to keep very much uh, in the forefront of our minds is, number one, will the growth really meet up to those expectations? What's the risk of disappointment? And then if growth doesn't disappoint, what does that then mean for the outlook for inflation in the Fed?
1: And to your point, we are hearing from a lot more Fed officials preaching patience when it comes to the outlook for interest rate cuts. In our last 30 seconds here, uh, do you have any concerns about the growth picture uh, for this country and what that could mean for the policy path uh, later on this year?
4: I think it's concerns about the outlook relative to expectations, because now expectations are so high. We appreciate there's just a whole lot of good news uh, that's in the market. So, you see any disappointment, it seems more likely from here. If there is a surprise, it's going to be a negative surprise, i.e. growth turns out to disappoint relative to those high expectations. Then from here, you get another positive uh, impulse in growth, because we've got to remember where Fed funds are today. That is at a restrictive level. This should be slowing growth. It will eventually slow growth and we don't want to dismiss that risk to the market.
1: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.
0: Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: You can also listen live each morning, starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York. Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg one zero six one in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.
0: Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
1: Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
5: From Silicon Valley to Wall Street,